0: hi everybody welcome to yes have some podcast joining us writer co-writer i should say with gil keenan and director of ghostbusters afterlife jason reitman jason how are you doing this morning world premiere tonight what's going through your mind
1: Uh, i'm it's really exciting and it's funny because like i think i grew up with the perception that the world premiere was like this is the first time anyone's gonna see it but like (laughs) i've actually been on the road with the movie for the last few weeks and obviously we had that extraordinary screening at comic-con so tonight is, um, tonight is is special in a different way. I guess it's kind of sharing it with the community. And it's a screening in New York, which obviously for, uh, to screen Ghostbusters in New York is always really special.
0: Absolutely. I guess that's the first thing I wanted to start with is you've literally been all over the world over the last couple of weeks. Um, you're kind of touring the movie like at festivals, kind of like, you know, the world you come from, like the indie film world. Was this always yeah. part of the plan or was this kind of like a result of the delays and just kind of being like, we, we have to start showing this movie. I can't wait any longer. Let's bring it.
1: I, You know, it's a result of people enjoying the movie, which is very meaningful, obviously. You know, if, if um, I think if the... If they didn't like the movie they wouldn't be showing it and that you know what i mean (laughs) like you Mm -hmm. know when there's a film where they like they won't show anyone anything and uh and they're coming out with it and they'll give they're giving you these trailers which are really sneaky like you could tell by the trailer it's like i don't think they got the goods there and uh and they they only they you know they don't let anyone review it and so the fact that sony has been so willing to uh Bring it to Comic Con so far in advance, and then to travel with it, which has been obviously wonderful. I mean, the, the extraordinary experience for me has been to go on the road and meet Ghostbuster groups from around the world. Literally, from you know, I was in Mexico, then I was in you know England, then I was in Europe, and it uh, uh, it was extraordinary.
0: Yeah. yeah, We're everywhere. We're everywhere. We're all over. <laughs> and I guess the first was, was fanfest, Remember ghostbusters fan fest was two years ago. That was that kind of your first exposure to like the fandom on that level. Like how aware were you of, uh, the, this part? Cause it's like the thing we always say is everybody loves ghostbusters, mm-hmm. but I don't know if everybody knows there's like
2: the deep community that the we community,
0: have, the star Wars level fandom. Were, were you surprised by that? Or in like I'm, I'm assuming, you know, it's in your blood, it's in your family. You, you had to have right. some kind of an idea, but w- was that kind of overwhelming?
1: When we all went to FanFest seven years ago, I think my, <laughs> my, big, uh, my the big, the big turning point for me was that I felt like I was a part of it. You know, right. I, I feel like I've always watched Ghostbusters as this thing that, you know, my father co-created. And I remember being there on set as a kid and I remember doing the tour with him when I was a child. So like I actually remember it's funny, like I was just in Paris showing this film and I remember going to Paris with my father in nineteen eighty four and getting, oh my God, a pair of sweatpants you would murder me for. Like there's these <laughs> these, these nineteen eighty four white sweatpants that just say SOS Fantôme like Ooh. with them like, like, oh, logo from like eighty it. It. <laughs> um, and uh so to 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 like bring back an SOS fantôme baseball cap for my daughter on this trip is just insane, but it always just felt like this is my father's thing, you know, and I'm, I'm not a part of it. I look at it from afar. When I visit Ghost Corps and I see all the patches, you know, they have a everyone who sends them a, a patch from their local Ghostbusters. They're all on the wall at Ghost Corps. So I'd like, I'd see them and, uh, <clears throat> and think, you know, that that's an extraordinary thing. It's not what I do. That's what he does. And I go to film festivals. So to go to FanFest, and be in those photos and not feel like an imposter right. because people in the past would ask me to sign ghostbuster stuff. And it was always like, why do you want me to yeah. sign that? Like, I just, right. you know, um, I didn't, I didn't make that. And, uh, so to be there and feel like, Oh, I guess I'm really part of it now. The only thing that would make me nervous is I would sign stuff and I'd feel like, you know, in two years, you may not want my signature on this. Like I may have <laughs> ruined the whole franchise by then. And then you'd be like no. looking up, you know, Home secrets on how to get Sharpie out of you know right. out of posters <laughs> like, and clothes, and stuff. like rubbing alcohol
0: yeah. on yeah, the exactly. action figures and stuff. Yeah, I mean it's kind of funny. Like we've been fans for so long, and you've always been obviously for so long. You were just kind of like the fun fact, right? Ghostbusters two, and everybody would drop that as like you know who that is. And then it was like uh, when when it was announced that you were going to do this movie, I was so cynical about people on message boards for years. Maybe Jason Reimel will do a Ghostbusters movie. And I'd be like, I was like,
2: he's too good for it. No,
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, it wasn't that it was. I'm not too
1: good for it. I really felt outclassed by it. I mean, it was just, it's truly the original Ghostbusters is one of the great films of all time. And, you know, we even talked about it a little last night about what, you know, how special, it is and how unique it is as a tentpole film. You know, it's a comedy that got nominated for best visual effects. It's a film that is simultaneously a horror film, science fiction, comedy. Um, it's a film that was number one at the box office for, I don't know, a zillion weeks straight right. in the summer, like literally like 10 or 12 weeks. I'm gonna, uh, so, uh, it, it really felt completely out of my range and not something that I wanted to fuck up. Uh, so I, I, wasn't staying away by accident. Like I, yeah, I, I right. really didn't want to screw it up. Well, let me, let me,
0: I, I kind of want to go back a little bit if we can. So I'll kind of want to piece together this timeline, uh, the sequence of events you've talked about in interviews, you had this vision of a girl with a proton pack, yeah. didn't, know it, didn't know what to do with that. At uh-huh. some point you, you started kind of coming up with maybe some of the pieces you pitched it to Ivan, you know, your dad, um, he's talked a lot about what, what that first uh, pitch was like for him mm-hmm. and how emotional he got. But I, I kind of want to know, what, what was it like for you to bring that to him? And was it... Did you catch him off guard? Did he have any idea you were thinking about this? I kind of want to like go he back didn't. to that moment. I,
1: I, like, when I used to talk about the girl with the proton back in a farm... I would almost be like fucking with people because, like, it was like, it, like, have you ever wondered I could ghost start Yeah, I've had this image of a girl on a farm with a proton pack, and they're oh like, okay, yeah. fuck off. Like, 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 <laughs> God, yeah, like yeah. it was so clearly outside the range, and and even those image really meant a lot to me. And, and she was in uh, the image I always had was she brings it out into a row of corn, fires it into the corn. The corn becomes popcorn flies in the air and she catches it and she eats it. Like that was the image. And we actually tried to shoot that and we, we didn't quite pull it off. Uh, okay. and that's why it's on in the movie. But, um, but when I, 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 I talked to Gil about it and Gil and I had been writing together and I really just trust Gil as a storyteller and Gil's also an animator who had made monster house and, and poltergeist and, uh, you know just has a has a sense of science fiction and horror that you know that is not just not part of you know what i've done uh we started batting it around and i and i knew what the ending of the movie was that's the real difference is anyone have ever thought about movies has thought about the beginnings of movies we all have a billion ideas for the beginning of, uh, of a movie what we don't often have is the end it was once you know the ending mm-hmm. once i knew the ending of up in the air i knew i had to make up in the air okay you know mm-hmm. so I knew the ending of this movie and then it was time to pitch to my father. And I did catch him off guard. I said, Hey, you know, I, I I think I'm going to pitch you a ghostbusters movie. And I think he was, I think he was just as scared as I was.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So are you over the years have like, there's been active talks and development about, you know, continuing the franchise, new chapters, new movies. Do you stay in tune with that kind of stuff over the years? I mean, no, not at all. No, Not talking I to mean, shop at, at dinner,
1: dinner with Ivan. What's no going on over there. We wouldn't talk about that much. Uh, I really was busy making my own movies and my father was busy making his own movies. Right. And uh, honestly, honestly, the thought of a Ghostbusters 3 sounded so far flung. Like I just I just never thought that the original guys would come back together. Um, and I like, I didn't know who was going to write that movie. I know that there were writers attempting it and sometimes I would meet them and I would just, you know, say Godspeed, but like, uh, it seemed like a very tall order. And I should say that when I approached my father about this, never in my head did I think I was pitching Ghostbusters 3, because I, I just don't think it's my place to make a Ghostbusters 3. Right. I think that, uh, the, the only people that should have ever done that would have been Harold and Dan, yeah. you know, and it's their unique mix of personalities that capture the tone that is Ghostbusters. And yes. when you watch Ghostbusters 1 and 2, it's like Lennon and McCartney. Like, like, There is a magic that happens between those humans that leads to what you feel when you think of Ghostbusters. And I knew whatever I made was going to be tonally outside the original. And then you're either into that or you're not into that. <laughs> Well, that I think that's the thing that, that we're all, you know.
2: I think that's a special sauce in the movie, honestly. It's like that intimate connection between you and your father, you and your daughter making the movie you mentioned last night with her in mind. Yeah. I think that you can really feel that. And it just puts like the heart right in where it needs to be in that movie. It's yeah. incredible. Yeah. That.
1: Yeah. 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 Of course. Thank, thank you. Hey, you're welcome. Thank <laughs> you. No, way, I mean, I mean yeah. that. Like, I wanted to make a movie about the rest of us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, The rest of us grew up loving Ghostbusters. The rest of us grew up reading the comics, watching the cartoons, playing with the toys. Like A lot of people didn't even watch the original, but came in a little bit later and had the toys and watched the cartoon and have a relationship and wanted to know what it felt like to be a Ghostbuster. I consider myself in that group and wanted to make a movie about what it felt like to be a young person who gets to be a Ghostbuster
0: yeah for sure and i think we kind of all fall into that group like we kind of talked about it uh last night by the way thanks for stopping by to the the yhs shindig Uh, that was a blast we had so much fun uh we know we love our community so we we appreciate you being Mm -hmm. there there's Um, an awesome
1: group and you mentioned this earlier and i should have kind of hit this harder like um not enough people know that the ghostbuster groups around the world are charity groups yeah they they Mm. see they see grown people dressing up as ghostbusters and they don't get the full picture and the full picture is that they are doing good. They are out there <laughs> right, right. raising money for children's hospitals. They are out there sh- like showing up in their uniforms to raise money and do charity work. And yeah. that is why they make their own Ecto ones and show up. And then that is why they put on these flight suits and spend all that time building these proton packs. Yeah. There are people with huge hearts who want to do good, who also happen to love this movie. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's insane. It's
2: enormous. Good feeling all around. Jay, we've been yeah. part of it for a long time. Yeah. I mean, a long time. I mean, we, we, we literally met through Ghostbusters. Yeah. So. Yeah. percent. Oh, um, so you talked about the tonal departure
0: for this movie, mm-hmm. and I mean the the We're gonna get into it a little bit. We we've given all the spoiler warnings, but let's let's give another one. Like, if you haven't seen it, if you're listening to this or watching this and haven't seen it, then something went wrong. Yeah. So
1: yeah. make Stop. sure make sure you've hey, you had a couple of weeks. Like yeah. like yeah. honestly, if you listen to this podcast, aren't you a Ghostbuster fan? <laughs> yeah, you you should, like, be. You should be. It should be.
0: <laughs> Um, Jake, New York Comic-Con, I don't know what were your first reaction did, did anything strike you coming out of it that, that completely surprised you
2: completely surprised me about the film yeah. just in general. I think we've, we've all mentioned this, just the fact that econ is in this movie is, is pretty they're, they're, we're there's, going there. There's a few, I mean, you <laughs> yeah. got to go there, but there's a few super bold choices that happen in this movie that I feel like are all the best choices. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that is in like, there's no Slimer. There's the theme song doesn't play till the end. There's no well, Slimer you know, lives in New York.
1: That it. always drives me crazy. Is like when people are like, why isn't Slimer there? I'm like, right. right." But Slimer dude, we, lives in New York. Slimer is a character. He has a location. Like he yeah. does not live in Oklahoma. Hey, why would he it. be in Oklahoma?
2: Yes. I love that. I love, I he love that. He's not there him.
1: for sure. It's right. it's it's, yes. it's bold
2: choices.
0: Yeah. But they're good the choices. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Before we get into some of those bold choices, I've, I've wanted to ask you this uh, for a long time there's this interview with Harold Ramis and like is it about a rash or is it like about, is it Ghostbusters related? It's a Ghostbusters related. Question. Okay, It's a good, I've, ne, I've been needing to ask you this for so long. I've got a thing behind my ear. No, no, no. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Um, okay, so it's probably nothing. Uh, there's, there's an interview with Harold Ramis like 2009 is around the time the video game came out. Of course, they're asking yeah. him about third Ghostbusters movie. And, you know, H- Harold was so, uh, uh, thoughtful and so uh just it, he, he there was meaning behind everything he said and everything he did i i like yeah. to you know there's a lot of wisdom there and he talked about uh the messaging in the first movie and, mm-hmm. and the messaging in the second movie and how it's not really worth doing these things if you can't have some sort of you know subtext or or, or message yeah. to pass along to the audience so i think everybody's going to get something different out of afterlife i really do mm-hmm. uh, t- you know depending on who you are, you know, what kind of fan you are, what kind of life experiences you have uh, kind of, what kind of relationship you have with your own parents will maybe yeah. determine your feelings. <laughs> Do you, when you're approaching any movie, but specifically afterlife, are you thinking about uh, messaging or, or what people are going to take out of it? Or uh, is that just kind of come naturally in the writing process?
1: Uh, no, I am, but um, <clears throat> we don't know why. I mean, look, we don't actually know why we make movies until after them. Yeah. And we only figure it out when talking to journalists. It's only like talking to you guys who are like, Oh, that's my problem. And uh <laughs> yeah. you know, like the yeah. amount of people who come to me and are like, Why do all your parent all your movies have to do with like parenting and pregnancy? And it's like, oh God, I gotta figure this out. Because oh
0: like, my god. <laughs> right. your, you right. know, right. from Thank, Thank
1: you, you, you for Smoking On is just all about you know, good and bad parenting and right. you know mm-hmm. what kind of legacies we leave for our children and, you know, what they pick up from us and what do we carry over from generation to generation. Um, and Like all my movies, like it doesn't matter where they take place, you know, if it's about smoking, it's about a guy who's lobbying but trying to be a dad. And Juno is obviously about parenting and up in the air. He's like, the, you know, Clooney's being a parent to Anna Kendrick. And Young Adult is obviously about this woman who doesn't feel like a woman unless she has a child with this guy. And like, you know, um, that's in all of them. It's in this one, Uh, but I I wanted to do two things. I think I wanted to make a movie that was a a joyful Ghostbusters movie through and through that gave you the chance to actually pick up the proton pack and bust a ghost and uh, had dream fulfillment uh what it would feel like to be hanging out the side of Acto one drifting around a corner catching a ghost i mean i think that uh there was a feeling i had when i saw return of the jedi where i just desperately wanted to be on a speeder bike i was like sure, oh, i want to be on a yeah. speeder bike oh, i want to yes. go i want to be on endor i want to be going through the trees yeah that's yeah. all i want that's all i want in life and um, i think about it every night yeah <laughs> this is what i think <laughs> right. about when i go to sleep so uh that's how i wanted this movie to feel as far as i want to be i want you know if you're a 12-year-old girl watching this film, I want you to see Phoebe hanging out the side of the vector one and being like, I want to be her. Yeah. And then on the other side of it, make a movie about generational forgiveness and the way we remember. And, you know, this movie is steeped in nostalgia, but it's because it's about the concept of nostalgia itself. It's about the way we look into our grandparents' things and try to find out who we are, searching for a secret that would lead to some sort of idea of who we are, why this stuff seems to skip a generation where you tend to be closer to your grandparents more than your parents and, uh, and what it's like, you know, how do you say, how do you forgive someone who's no longer there? How do you say goodbye to someone that you never even got to meet in the first place? Like these were ideas that meant a lot to me. And I think I'm hoping this is the reason that it resonates with people. They, they come for a Ghostbusters movie, but in the final act of this movie, particularly because this is a movie that is passed from generation to generation. This is a movie that you go, it's now time to show my kids Ghostbusters, the right. original. Right. You get to the ending of the movie and you remember what it was like when your parents took you to see it. And you're in the midst of, in the, uh, of the act of taking your kids to see it as you watch three generations finally kind of forgive each other in the end of the movie. Right.
2: I'm literally crying right <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah, thank you. well, I was gonna say, as a 35 year old woman watching um, Phoebe, it was incredible. I was a homeschool kid, so there's this like so many right. things that I connect with with that, and also the generational forgiveness. Like it's just, I was, Ooh, we I would have been crying. That. Yes, <laughs> I would have been crying anyway. But with that on top of it, I just like, I think I blacked out at the end of the movie. <laughs> That's my <laughs> line. That's my line. I'm stealing Craig's line. Yeah, you know, we're all gonna be at the
0: <laughs> premiere tonight, and I'm. It feels like I'm gonna see it for the first time because literally. That third act, I just, you know, even though some of it was expected, obviously we have, uh, you know, the return of uh, the original guys. And I kind of want to get into that. Just, just a touch. Uh, I feel like I need to touch on it. So what, what do those phone calls look like? Um, you know, people keep saying that, this is the funny thing I keep hearing people like, can you believe Bill Murray is, you know, doing afterlife? I'm like, well, this is the fourth ghostbusters movie and he's, you know, four for four. So (laughs) uh, like, like I, I can believe it, but you know, it's, it's also Bill Murray and there's a lot of, maybe some stigma or or thought about him being a little bit difficult or not wanting to do that kind of stuff. So, did, did they have a, the reaction to the script uh, that, that you were hoping for? Obviously, they, they yeah, liked Yeah, <laughs> I mean, as you
1: can imagine, Dan was on from the word go. Right, and, right. We, love uh, we love Dan so much. Oh, we uh, he, he's Lip the Dan. most passionate human being I think I've ever met. And when you talk to him, it's like talking to Ray Stans. And right. mm-hmm. you want to literally write down every single word he's saying because you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. you're, you are Ray Stans. Got it. Okay, let me get all the dialogue <laughs> cool. now. And, um, and, and Ernie... Ernie is so patient and so kind and uh, and I have a lot of affection for him. And he's very key to me uh, in where this franchise is going. Um, And then you know, which is kind of pretty clear by the end of if you stay for the after credit sequence, like right. Well,
0: to, to touch on that like real, real quick, because I was going to add, right. Like, don't leave
1: when the credits start. Also read the credits, people. Yeah. Know, yeah. know who's making They're the movies. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of people made this a lot of people. Um, And it was Bill, yeah. Bill, you know, had already worked not only with my dad, but with Gil. Mm-hmm. Gil directed Bill Murray in City of Ember. So right, right. Uh, Bill great. and mm-hmm. Gil have a, like a like a tremendous relationship. Like they they text each other and like they get along great. So, I honestly think half the reason Bill read the script was because of Gil and uh, and he responded favorably to it and he texted me and told me that he he dug the script. And I remember asking my dad, I was like, "Do you think he's going to show up?" Because obviously I've heard all these stories. Right. And my dad was like, "Oh yeah yeah yeah. No no no. He'll be there." Uh, he goes like on stripes. I didn't even know if he had like read the script, and I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> Where in this case, we knew we read the script, we knew we liked it. That's and, funny. And Bill knew that this is a movie honoring Harold, and I yeah. think that was a huge part of it. And if you're, you know, if you're a fan of comedy from that era, and you know anything about Harold and Bill, you know that there's a complicated relationship that goes back to this masterpiece they made together, Groundhog Day. Right. And um, and this is a movie now that you've seen it, that we could talk about it. You know, obviously this is a movie where, um, Venkman gets to say goodbye to Egon. And I think that was meaningful.
0: Yeah. I, I I want, I'm glad you brought that up because I I would recommend anybody who hasn't read, uh, Violet Ramus uh, Steele's book. It's wonderful. It's so wonderful. Yeah. Yeah.
2: She's great to talk
1: to, uh,
0: you know, it's kind of public knowledge, but after Groundhog Day, Bill and Harold did have a complicated relationship. So, uh, there's this, this, wonderful moment in the last couple of minutes of the movie where you know on screen it says for harold and mm-hmm. you're 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 in the middle of Jake, Are you guys okay? Jake's crying. What, Jake's crying. What, kind of <laughs> <journalistic>, <laughs> what kind of journalistic integrity is <laughs> just, just?
2: No, it's just weird when like we're talking about Ghostbusters and how great this movie is and how it's all this family film, but then there's like this other extra subtext right. when you know the history with Bill Murray and yes, Raina, yes. and the ending hits you on yeah. fifteen no, different no, no, no. levels. It punches
0: you right in the and, face. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the quote on on the poster. punches you in the face. Yeah, um, we, we've got, a, I think, a, just a couple of minutes left. One thing I did want to touch on um, this cast is incredible Logan mm. Kim, Celeste O'Connor, McKenna Grace. Logan Kim, eh? So,
2: oh,
1: well yeah. Out of yeah. nowhere. Out of, yeah. out of yeah. nowhere. Love his name, <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Means a lot to us. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. We literally were writing this character, yeah. and we knew he had a podcast. That we were thought, well, you know, the modern day race stands would have a podcast where he talks passionately about, you know, his love of sure. mm-hmm. and everything. And and we keep on calling him podcast because they're like, we'll come up with a name at some point. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, I think his name is Podcast. Oh, yeah. And Gil <laughs> really came up with like, Gil came up with that line. It's like, I call myself Podcast because I'm a podcast. I was like, yeah. oh Gil, God, yeah. yeah. genius. That's we're like so we I mean, <laughs> and, and like
0: we know we've been doing this for six years like nobody actually wants to hear about your podcast like oh nobody god no nobody, nobody wants your pin or your button nobody fucking cares so <laughs> i
1: love logan Kim. i hope to get the yeah. chance to meet him someday and, and let him know uh he's a delight he is 100 percent he is he is who he appears to be very funny very confident showed up on day one like he was his 20th movie yeah, like really that. he's there that. on day one like reading the sides like what are we doing okay got it got it yeah what's for lunch today all right cool you want to stand there walk there all right all right i with you and it's okay. just like who are you where do you come from
0: that's perfect yeah. um you, you talked a little bit about ernie obviously the uh you know ernie is somebody who's been so important to you know he's been really connected with the fans over the years he does the conventions he does the signings we've all we've had him on our show jake's had dinner with him like he's ernie's the that's best good, ernie's mm-hmm. the best and then um but also like are we getting a knock? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. let's you, continue. You answer that. We'll, we'll, we'll just keep going.
2: We're in a rented space. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah we, <laughs> uh, Our hotel had a. Anyways, we'll, we'll keep going. Yeah. Yeah.
2: We're here for you. Yes,
0: we, we got eggs Benedict. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. no, 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 no. We, doing it up, doing it <laughs> we'll, up. We'll treat. Uh, uh, we'll edit this part out. Probably not. Actually, it's always you know, it's always more. Chaos.
2: Yes, I have than Anything. Um, Ern, We usually have a delivery person.
0: Ernie has the end of this movie is really about. Ernie and his, uh, uh, this you know maybe the future of the franchise maybe future stories but there's mm. these, these great moments with him and Janine and just kind of if you could walk us through the thought process by the way Jake what happened there they just
2: said to be quiet when we leave okay <laughs> they're filming they're filming don't tell something. me to be quiet don't tell me what oh to do oh
1: my god that's amazing uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. sorry uh,
2: do you know who's on the line ma'am yeah. I, think,
1: you I think be quiet Ernie yeah, Hudson yeah. as an actor has been very kind and patient as a part of this film. Um, He joined it and in doing so joined three of the greatest comedians alive Mm -hmm. and Ernie was not historically a comedian and he was not as famous as these three other guys. And he joined it and he's absolutely wonderful in this film and never gets the credit he deserves. Yeah. Yeah. has been accidentally left out of shit left and right in a way that's completely embarrassing. It's right. And, um, and he's just a great fucking actor. And, yeah. and while not being a comedian holds his own, mm-hmm with Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, and Harold Ramis. It's like, Which is insane. It's insane. Yeah, it's insane. Like if, if anyone, any actor was given the job of, all right, yeah. you're going to join Bill, Dan, and Harold at the top of their game and be on screen with them all the time and hold your own and not look foolish, is insane. And Crazy. it completely rocks in this film. And uh, yeah, he's for me, he's a big part of where I want Ghostbusters. To continue going in the future, cool. and you can see that in the end of the film, uh, he is our Tony Stark, he is our Bruce Wayne, and um, and I remember seeing that scene, that deleted scene that I think has only appeared one place before. I, I don't even remember which the with the coin, yeah. And I loved that. I loved this 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 quick beat that Harold shot with Annie, where she tries to give him her World's Fair coin, and. I was like, oh, we got to tag that somehow. So yeah. we went looking for a real one of those coins, which we found. We only found a couple of them. And we shot the other side of that the, that beat where I always thought, oh, my God, how amazing. If she still had the coin, and we could tie that together and see her then and uh, have this moment between her and Ernie uh, and really tee up the future.
0: Yeah. Well, I love it because it, it almost like um, obviously we we don't know what future plans are, but it, it leaves it, it kind of a, almost a fork in the road where it can go a lot of different places. And mm. I think that's what excites me as a Ghostbusters mm. fan who's been, you know, we've been waiting for new chapters in these movies and these stories for literally our whole lives. Like we all, mm. I saw Ghostbusters 2 when I was five and I was like, Mom, right. oh, when's the next one coming out? She's like,
2: <laughs> probably pretty soon. <laughs> so, Does your mom know Dan? Your mom knows she's, she got that information from she Dan. She got the information Ackroyd.
0: from Dan Aykroyd. It's, it's,
2: shoot- <laughs> it's uh shooting in the fall.
0: We're in production <laughs> oh, this fall. Perfect. Um, okay, so we've got a couple, we got three minutes left. So oh boy, Jake, let's talk about your Cujo. Were you shirt. talking about
2: the Cujo child's play yes. thing, let's do it. Let's yeah.
0: do it. Sure.
2: I mean, was that were though were, were those movies your choices? Or do you love those movies? Like, why <laughs> dude when when he when he pops up with the Cujo? I three of us freaked out. I'm like, we're watching Ghostbusters. There's plenty of things to freak out about, but now Steven <laughs> and yeah. Chucky are involved for some reason.
1: Uh, okay, so Love Cujo. Love Chucky. Personally, bigger Chucky fan just because the age I was when those came out. When Child's Mm -hmm. Play came out, they were like perfect horror films for my age. And so I just, I, uh, I love those films. I have to admit that I felt... Out of that mm-hmm. series, the further it went, and I know you guys continue sure. to be huge yeah. Child's Play fans. So Uh-oh. I, I, Here I apologize for not for Each not time. sticking Dude, with we, the brand. We, but, could do, uh,
2: we could do an entire episode just me and you about the weirdness of the Child's Play franchise. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, it totally goes all over the place, but yeah. I really loved it when it was genuinely scary, and uh, and I loved that character and. Uh, so like very much chose that Cujo, I did choose as well, but I think the reason why we went with Cujo was particularly so we could dovetail into the joke about Beethoven, which was obviously a weird Easter egg to my father. So. I love oh. that. That was a that was a, a, that was a layered beat. Oh, That's great. It. Well, I think we
0: have to end on one last thing. We saved it to the very end because this is super spoilery. But we have to talk about. I feel like I should whisper it. Okay. Uh, J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons <laughs> in this Dude. film. I think yeah. we all we all kind of expected him to show. Mm-hmm. Like I, we love him. I don't. We do. I, we we've been joking about him playing Evo Shandor for like maybe even before you announce this, but I think we've always wanted it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, I guess just thank you for giving us human death
1: in Ghostbusters. Yeah. And, uh...
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> something we've never really gotten yeah, against Ghostbusters because yeah, somebody it, ripped ripped in
1: half. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, awesome. the movie starts with a human dying. And I think that's yeah, something that Gil and I wanted to do right from the beginning was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, again, I think the brave choice that my father made on the first Ghostbusters was, yes, it's a comedy, but the scares are real. And you know that yeah. from the beginning because the library ghost. And, and I thought, all right, we're going to have to, you know, we're going to start with someone getting killed and we're going to start with someone we really care about getting killed in the beginning. And as a result, you know, okay, this movie takes shit seriously. And, and obviously that also meant uh, creating a version of Egon Spengler that you could believe. And uh, all those same visual effects that were done in the ending, they were also done in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And you don't think about it because it's all done in silhouette, Right. but right. there's a reason why it looks so real. And there's, the reason is because we did all that, that same work went into the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then JK, uh, what's so delightful about that is that that's actually an animatronic puppet. So, when he gets ripped in half, yeah, yeah. I remember we had a conversation with the visual effects team and they're like, all right, we've budgeted a lot for this human body getting ripped in half. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. We're doing that practically. <laughs> and, and like I love it. What it's like? Oh yeah! And I I remember, I remember, like being like, yeah, it's really simple. You know, it's just gonna be like, you know, we'll draw, we'll draw (laughs) like a, it'll be like, (laughs) like like a, we'll make like a head with a body, and you'll see her face like in between it, and uh, and like and and um uh, and then I talked to Arian, who is the the brilliant, you know, creature creator who brought the terror dogs back to life and and he was totally into it. And we created this like switchblading mechanism that was a body in two and, and we just filled it with goo and then you just rip it right apart. And that was, that was a delight. Well, I can't wait to see it again
0: have yeah. in display that's going to be the new proton pack people mm-hmm. are going to be building jk simmons at home <laughs>
1: rip apart, <laughs> well, apart? To watch himself get ripped apart which i think was kind of fun too you know uh, he actually too. like got to see his own body rip into which, yeah you know, don't we well, all so cool. it works for us because i think our, our
0: rankings go ghostbusters whiplash child's play that's like our top three <laughs> uh,
1: ah yeah. those are our top three universes yeah <laughs> so... that was amazing you know i mean uh because you know we, uh, we produced the whiplash short film before we made oh feature. Yeah. Yeah. that's yeah. how we got that whole movie made and that was an extraordinary experience where jk showed up to do this short film and it was just like it's just, yeah. mm-hmm. it He's just
0: well listen yeah. jason we appreciate your time uh thank you so much for uh joining us congratulations uh i i'm i'm ready for a nap so you must be ready for like <laughs> a six month you know island getaway mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> where you don't have to talk about ghostbusters for a little while but um uh you know everyone's about to see it they've all seen it i hope they've seen it before listening to this because we, we got into some territory yeah, yeah.
2: A
1: bit, yeah. um jason
2: thanks for well, seeing I, us and good luck. Guys, i can't and wait all to all listen of-
1: to your reaction i obviously have not heard your comic-con uh reaction <laughs> yet and i'm really looking forward to that i i mentioned to this you, to you guys last night that i really love your podcast uh i'm a big thank podcast you. fan in general thank you so uh much. but i love yours and it, it was very meaningful to me while i was making the movie Uh, Because unlike anything I'd ever made before, I felt like I was working with an existing fan base. You know, this Ghostbusters is something that never belonged to me. Where my other films I felt some ownership over, I never felt ownership over this. This is something that I just got to pick up momentarily. And, And it belonged to everybody else. It lives in a part of other people's hearts. And to listen to your show during prep or driving to set, you know, or during editing it was this moment to listen to people who love Ghostbusters in the purest way and, and your your genuine interest in what was to come, your genuine, genuine passion for movies in general yeah. was always a nice reminder that, oh, I'm making this movie for people who just love movies and love Ghostbusters and love yeah. to talk about it and love to talk about it as much as I do. And on days where I was feeling a considerable amount of pressure about how the hell am I ever going to pull this off? I would listen to you guys and I would just feel better about the whole thing. So thank you for this show. Uh, I've been wanting to come on. I'm, you know, I'm excited to see you guys tonight at the at the, the premiere. Yeah, we can't oh, wait. Yeah. We can't wait. And thanks for the challenge coin. Oh, oh welcome. Yes. you're welcome. Absolutely. We, the trade was, uh, we
0: did it. Yeah. Yeah. It happened. It was very that. cool. We, we thank you for the challenge point as well. How mm-hmm. um,
1: well, about the premiere? Oh, you're going to love tonight, by the way i okay i'm, I'm
2: oh yes boy. i,
1: I we, i'm never sleeping <laughs> well, the, la, last thing well like the funny thing everything you back want back to happen tonight is going to happen tonight oh i my, guess I'll oh say my that.
2: god listen we <laughs> sorry they're filming in the other room we got back from <laughs> our
0: comic-con and it was like well that was once in a lifetime let's go do it again in a couple <laughs> weeks yeah. so. um let's go right back jason have a wonderful day congratulations uh to to ghostbusters and ghostbusters fans uh enjoy afterlife and we will see you on the other side
1: All right, guys. See you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks.